the great lie is that self-creation is freedom. And that's right. The truth is that self-creation is slavery. The weight of creating yourself is unbearable. Welcome to the Stand Firm Podcast. I'm Nick Lannon of Grace Anglican Church in Louisville, Kentucky, and I am here today with Matt Kennedy of the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd in Binghamton, New York, and J.D. Koch of St. Luke's Anglican Church in Hilton Head, South Carolina. How are you guys doing today? Great. Great, Nick. Matt, don't you think you're stretching our listener a bit thin by starting another podcast? I can't think of anyone who wouldn't want to listen to three podcasts a week featuring myself. (laughs) (laughs) What is that podcast about? Did I miss it? And there was we have this. I didn't get to learn more about your bizarre eating habits. (laughs) (laughs) We have a we have an internship program at Good Shepherd. We're training young men to be to be pastors and sending them off to seminary, or hopefully not too far away. They can start playing churches around here too. Um, And so this podcast is going along with that program, talking about ministry and pastorate, pastoral stuff. So yeah, it's gonna be good. I enjoy it. So it's kind of it's inside baseball, technical stuff. If you're not a pastor, you might not might not be your cup of tea. But if you are, or you're wanting to be, give it a listen. So our listener well, now has three hours a week where they have to be listening to podcasts. What what kind of job do you think our listener might have? <laughs> the truck driver. It's an IT professional. <laughs> That's right. This is, White he's a criminal. And he's like putting on, he's, he's putting chairs up up and down all day long listening to the dulcet tones of Anne complaining about about the I mean I picture in your house is like a Dr. Um, Doolittle like menagerie as far as I can tell there's like a some sort of like Ace Ace Ventura or like Swiss Family Robinson that's what I think we we record we record the Preventing Your Grace podcast in, in bed. We would just wake up and send morning or Monday and we just do that. And there's like, there's a massive dog, one massive dog, one small dog, uh, usually at least one cat, maybe two, just lying on top of us the whole time. It's like, it's the, I remember where I used to think about the marriage bed as a teenager. That's not, <laughs> that's, that's, not that's not what I envisioned. Is this like a cry for help? I mean, this, we can, we can help you, you know, blink twice you, like we can, before the child protective services come. I'm just kidding. It just sounds terrific. That's all. <laughs> we have one little corgi that um, yeah. just sort of prances around. I can't hear. Well, yeah, where was it this week? What happened house. to you? Oh, we were, we took a, uh, Ann and I took a jaunt to out of town for um, Sunday night. I saw those yesterday. pictures. What was yeah. that bizarre artwork? Hold on, hold on. That's all part of my introduction. <laughs> okay. Let's start talking about Satan right now. So, <laughs> okay. So the big cultural story this last week has been, of course, the Grammys performance of Sam Smith and Kim Petrus, not coincidentally, I think two men, neither of whom will admit to being men, uh, the performance of their song Unholy. Now, you'll no doubt have heard about it. Flames, whips, overtly sexual imagery, and of course, the devil. So let's talk about the devil, guys. Uh, you'll remember a little Nas X a few years ago was selling those Satan shoes with a, a drop of blood in each one of them. What is going on here? What's the fascination? Is it all down to 
Billy Joel's desire to laugh with the sinners rather than cry with the saints because the sinners are much more fun. Let's talk about hell, Satan, demons, and how the whole thing might interact with the sex and identity confusion on display at the Grammys and in our culture at large. Matt, you even had some satanic imagery in an Airbnb you rented, right? What was going on there? Yeah, th- that was in the advertising photos. <laughs> so we, so we, we, get to, we get to... I wouldn't... I would have had a hard time staying there. Did you, like... Did you, like bless the place i know you, okay you know, i just creepy I, I, of course we, we pray it as we always do we, we, we pray and we pray continuously all the time but uh but the right um, we got to, we got to this really wonderful townhouse and uh we had an apartment on the second floor and we had a beautiful beautiful first floor right but when you once you get to the top of the second floor they have pictures of jesus and angels and then suddenly on the on the flat it shifts and there's this massive large painting of of these demons it looks like they're tearing each other's guts out it's really, it's really disturbing horrible and then if you look up the stairway to the third floor apartment it's just there's there's pictures of demons and dead bodies and all, all, all did you things. rent this was this in the basement of cosmic pizza that's what this sounds like <laughs> no i mean it, it's, it's really not it, it, it was a great airbnb i, can, I mean the, the actual apartment itself was really nice it, yeah, it sounds awesome fault. sounds great <laughs> it wasn't this guy's fault uh because he didn't uh, it's not i think it's i think someone the guy Heavily discounted has, because there has been multiple multiple murder suicides <laughs> that place i just there. felt like he was i just felt like the guy was larping you know, the, 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 he, i think a lot of this stuff is that people I think you're right, but that's what's so dangerous about it, right? Like they don't know what they're dealing with. They don't know what they're playing with, and they so they're they're thinking they're thinking it's cool, edgy, uh, maybe shock the grandparents, and and it's also you know, I think that Satanism itself. I don't I don't know that anyone actually, even at the Grammys, would would say yes, we are consciously at this moment devoting ourselves to to Lucifer. Maybe some of them would. I don't know. But it it does, I think, stand as a kind of cultural signal that we are free to express ourselves and be ourselves and love ourselves and love others, quote unquote, love um, in either any way we can. And and I think Satan is a is a, is a signal of that. Satan's like a symbol of that. <clears throat> this kind of free expression of of self and sexuality. So it's taken on like a, I think it's taken on a kind of a political a political tone to it as well for that reason i i don't entirely disagree with you or i don't disagree with you at all but i i think that there might be more to it from a spiritual perspective that i agree maybe the grammys weren't self-conscious in it although it's hard to it's hard to get more explicit you know i mean it wasn't like an accidental reference to satan it was like <laughs> the actual sort of you know i mean there was we weren't supposed to misunderstand what was being done but I've been listening recently to a podcast, and I don't know who sent it to me, but it's it's a it's entitled "Ex Psychic Saved," and it's this woman that um, basically was claims well, there's no reason to disbelieve her that she was heavily involved in the occult and like was a medium and a mystic, and claims to have been given insight from you know the spirit world and sort of her tarot card readings and various Ouija boards and all these things, and she was she was dramatically saved out of it and felt compelled to to give a podcast explaining how you get, you know, sucked into this world. Cause I think, you know, the, the, and, and it, I, I just mentioned that because it was, I, I listened to that just out of interest, literally the day that Laza and I um, stepped into a Barnes and Noble and the very first shelf that was on display was full of practical magic books uh, for, for kids, uh, tarot card reading, um, astrology. It was like a whole like 
basically a cult section uh, that was being just advertised right in the beginning. And then I was a little intrigued and started looking around at some of the like self-help books and these things. And I would say, I mean, not the overwhelming percentage, but but much larger percentage than I thought were explicitly talking about, you know, spirit guides and tarot cards and, you know, what we would otherwise consider to be, um, to be, well, mystical kind of esoteric occultic things. And so I just started thinking about that. I even talked about it at the at this rector's forum that I did, because I said, you know, these are gateways into into worlds that we believe exist. I mean, we think that there are is a spiritual world. I mean, we that's a fundamental concern of Christianity. And we think that just as there are evil, I mean, good spirit, there are angels in the Holy Spirit. I mean, they're obviously have fallen angels and the devil. And so this is what we believe. It's a it's part of what we confess. And so the fact that people could be unawares um, and nevertheless be manipulated and 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 oppressed by um, evil spirits is something that I think we see clearly in the in the New Testament and then down throughout history. So I was intrigued by that because at the same time, I don't know if y'all been following what they're calling the psychonauts. Do you know this this term? No. Um, it's all the people that are experimenting with DMT and psychosyllabin, you know, mushrooms basically, and ayahuasca, and they're and they're reporting. And this was in the New York Times, like Ross Dow that talked about it. I think Rod Dreher talked about it too, but. They're reporting having these um, being open to the spiritual world through these sort of psychedelic drugs, and turns out that it's terrifying. You know, it's not just like um, the they go on these um, you know these drug fueled trips and they see grandma you know like baking at the heavenly kitchen or something. They're seeing like horrifying dark images and being very scarred by it. No, not not all of them. But but enough so that it's become of a concern. And, and Ross Douthat's article, I forget the title of it. Basically, it was like, you know, be careful if you open yourself to the spiritual world because you you might not like what you find. And I think we're 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 playing with something that is real, or, or the culture is. And you know, in an attempt to mock uh, mock it, is actually um, opening uh, accessibility to it that I think is we should be very concerned about as as parents and pastors if we have if we know anyone that's playing around with this stuff yeah i don't think um my, my point wasn't that people aren't aren't dabbling into this stuff not just dabbling but diving taking a deep dive into this uh, kind of spirituality and, and, and occult practices but i don't think that they i don't think they actually associate it with lucifer right with, with they are they are right. playing with demons but i don't i don't think that the majority anyway are actively saying yes there is a satan and we are worshiping him they're saying oh this is really cool mystical magical stuff that we're getting into and i can be a wizard or i can be a and i, or I can be a, a fortune teller or i can read my tarot cards i mean if, yeah you're right they're, they're they're playing with demons they're playing it's with the power there is power there absolutely there's power in magic there's power yeah. in all of the all of the occult but it's demonic power they just don't they just don't know that so the guy with the the paintings in the wall and in the third floor apartment. I mean, I, he's, I, I just, I, I just, I didn't meet him, but I have no doubt. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I would not want to meet him. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't think he's actually worshiping Satan. I think, I think he might think right. it's kind of cool. I think he might think it's kind of spirit. He might have some kind of spiritual component to it. Maybe he says, has some seances or where some weird rituals going on in his apartment, but, but um, I don't think they're actually think they're worshiping Satan. Not, not a lot of them. There are like, there's an official church of Satan. That's uh, there's several forms of it. There's one that, uh, Anton LaVey yeah, tried, and which, their which main the largest ones are just humanist. Yeah, which is just basically yeah, which yeah. it's it's worship of the self. You can yeah. be who you do you who you want, and no one should get in the way of you doing what you want. And they call that Satanism, right? And I think it's a 
I think it's cracking it accurate. I mean, because right. <laughs> that is what Satan would want you to do. But they're not actually having you know black masses and sacrificing kitties on altars. But people do. Uh, these but things there are. But there are people... other right. There there are yeah. more hardcore Satanists out there who the are theological doing that. Satanists. Yeah, theological yeah. Satanists who, and they're a much smaller group. But I mean, I think. I, I can't help but think they must have been happy by <laughs> been thrilled by the Grammys. There's also a concerning, and this is not a world that I'm familiar with, but th- there's a concerning pop Christian overlap here between what is, I guess, commonly called new age, which is sort of the culturally accessible version of these demonic things and pop Christians. Like I was just reading a, about a book this morning called the physics of heaven which encourages christians explicitly to go into these worlds these explicitly new age worlds in this case but to sort of reclaim for god the good things that these worlds allegedly have stolen that that are rightfully the churches why would you be reading something like this i was reading about it there was no there's no discernment there's no it's it's hugely naive and no idea that somebody might be opening themselves up to powers and forces that are more powerful than they are and the the sort of christiany encouragement to you know, go into this very unsafe place and see what you can find. Maybe there'll be something there that's good for you is just really frightening advice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, the, it was interesting to me is it, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter, the, the Grammy performance and the one, the one, who I forget who it was, you mentioned it at the beginning, um, but the guy, the, the person who did the really quite gay erotic video. Sam uh, Smith. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but uh, two years ago. Three, oh, oh, Lil Nas X. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's what's interesting is that yeah, these spell like it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 serve as kind of a serve kind of propaganda. You know, the, the hell in all of these is being presented as a, a kind of a dark porn party. You know, like a, everyone's super sexualized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone everyone in hell is having sex. And there's like there's there's going to be a fog machine there and women dancing around. <laughs> That's kind of what I view, you know, like and, these, these like raves. I kind of view as like yeah. a poor taste of hell for most so, people. I mean, I mean it's like, kind of the old idea, though, right? I mean, country songs used to have it. Oh yeah, I'd rather be in hell drinking with the sinners and hanging out in the. No, no, you wouldn't. That's how propaganda works, though. You tell you <clears throat> presenting. Um, I'm sure the demons are very happy with the way hell has been presented over the last last several years, as as the place where there's no judgment and every, everything goes and everyone's having a great time and a lot of sex and it's a great big party with people in shiny clothes. So that's, but that, that <laughs> the shiny clothes. Very yeah. Right. Yeah. They, 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 oh, have you noticed that they're wearing shiny clothes? Anyway, anyway it's good propaganda though, right? It, 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 it makes it lowers your, it lowers the, it lowers the sense of revulsion that hell should evoke and anybody whether they're christian or not i mean to know what hell really is should uh cause people to tremble and shake in fear if they're not in christ because it's 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 a lonely cold place of torment and despair with no hope ever for for eternity in which you grow smaller and smaller and smaller and more bitter and angry and guilty and shameful for um until well not until you die because you don't die so yeah, it's there's, there's you're not there's no cocktails there, 
Um, this is what the gnashing of teeth is all about. It's right. not about. Well, it, I think it, it's, it's a, not about like frustration that somebody else is in heaven and you're in hell. The gnashing of teeth is that you are angrier and angrier. That's right. But you're you're you are where you want to be, and right. that anger you're basting in it forever. That's right. Well, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, I was I was horrified to the the news coverage that I was watching showed that video of the whatever the guy's name is. Not just the the devil worshiping Grammy one, but his actually like the the video that he won the award for was yeah. like, I mean, was unbelievably disgusting. And I was like horrified and, <laughs> and shocked and scarred. So I, um, so I, I was sad that that was, that was even mainstream, you know, it was on, it was really, I mean, it was almost unthinkable to, 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 to what, you know, what, what was being talked about on it. But beyond that, I think it makes sense at this late stage post-Christian reality we live in in the West uh, that this would be the final, the final thing to mock. You know, we've had it for for at least for certain generations. There was an argument among progressive Christians that there wasn't even a hell at all because there was a seemingly agreed upon um, universal uh, fear of it. You know, so then the first step was in in the sort of general de-Christianizing of the culture was let's go ahead and make hell unafraid. Like, let's make, let's make it non-existent, you know? And so you, you have nothing to be afraid of. And now that we see sort of the veneer of that kind of quasi-Christian veneer being fully removed, well, then of course, hell is the very place we want to be. Like, we're going to totally reverse this and make the formally frightening thing the actual intended destination. And it makes sense to me that that would be the, the this would be among the final reversal of a culture that has taken the whole revolution of being fully repaganized, you know, de-Christianized to a point where the the worship of of sensuality in the self is not something to be ashamed of, but it's actually be glorified. I mean, it's really, and, and so again, like you said before, Nick, it's not surprising that these two men um, who are, you know, both openly non-binary, as we say now, um, represent sort of the height of the sort of pagan shamanistic um, mystical experience now. You know, they happen to hold on to the devil, but really it's 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 a clear pattern throughout all of recorded human history that when you reject the sort of monotheism, sort of the external God, um, and you begin to worship the creature rather than the creator in whatever capacity, that the people who rise to the heights of that type of spiritual system are represent a, a, a monism, a unity, um, a blending of the binaries. And in particular, we see now this man and woman binary being sort of elevated to the to the to the most um, highest spiritual plane, you know, and we see that across the board. We see the people who are um, supposedly the most artistic, supposedly the most insightful, supposedly the most mystical and spiritual are are the ones who are the most transgressive when it comes to you know quote unquote traditional, particularly Christian values, and and so it's it was it was really it it was really another one of these instances where I say well. You know, Lord, if you hadn't prepared us for this, if you hadn't explained what the deep fallen desires were going to look like, and if you hadn't actually even given us indications throughout human history of how and what this type of, of idolatrous worship would look like, well, I'd be more worried. But then I look at like the, you know, the castrated males who pretended to be women who served in the temples of uh, Baal, you know, you look at the at the orgies, you know, the the sort of uh, probably drug fueled orgies for that matter, that was characteristic of all sorts of pagan, non-Christian native religions, you know, all in every culture. And you say, well, um, looks like there's a pattern to human sinfulness 
And there's a pattern and we're watching it just played out at large on the nightly news, you know, and or whatever. I mean, the, the 25 people that watched the Grammys live um, got to see it firsthand. There's no coincidence that the song that won that award is called Unholy, right? It's it's purposely transgressive. It's it's turning what we thought we wanted, holiness, on its head. And it was interesting a few minutes ago when you said that this must be one of the last things to be overturned. I immediately had the thought in my head, oh, I'm sure that there's going to be some next thing that we think this, oh, this has to be the last thing. And there seems to never be a last thing. Everything we think is the last thing is just, it's a target for somebody to transgress next, right? You have to keep transgressing in order to stay on top. But it is hard for me to think what is more transgressive than two men pretending not to be men worshiping satan like where do, where do we go from here well it's going to start with robots it's going to be sex okay, robots. Okay. that's going to be the robots. next frontier and then the various permutations of uh, the various ways you can make a sex robot and then of course um you know bestiality that will be a, um you know we're already seeing moves towards towards getting rid of the the taboo of um what they call minor attracted people i mean the, artificial the, the, intelligence the, the, the too taboo. i was reading I was reading an article about AI deep fake porn, and this is terrifying to, to even mention, but the idea that anybody whose image has ever been on the internet can now via art artificial intelligence be turned into a pornographic scene, which is just seems like it exhausts me to even say it. P please, Lord, yeah. help us. Amen. Well, I think all of this is pointing towards um, uh, the wisdom of perhaps questioning how much you or the, the how much freedom you give your children and even yourself when it comes to uh, the Not, internet. No so freedom. Social media. <laughs> That's right. And so, and I also think it's going to highlight the tenuous quote unquote reality of these virtual relationships because you know, particularly with the deep fake stuff. Um, you know, I've seen some um, some deep fakes of you know that aren't thankfully pornographic but they're very convincing you know yeah. in ways that you're like well how would you possibly know that you know unless you were some computer nerd that had all of the like algorithms that you could see it have been used but most people aren't and i think it's going to push i think all of these questions is going to push people back to the local parish i mean christians to you know it's like rod dreher has been pointing out for years you know yeah. i wish he had been wrong but the local parish face-to-face -face interaction like human conduct and i mean contact and conduct is going to be uh, well necessitated for the sake of our souls you know i mean we're gonna have to know these people like not just um have have zoom calls with them you know we're gonna have to to walk and, and worship and live um in real life with some of these people or we're gonna open ourselves to these forces that we you know we not only can we not control but that we we could ultimately be harmed by and i think you know we don't as christians ultimately live in fear of these things but we know that um, this side of heaven that we are um, to be to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves, and so wisdom is required when dealing with a culture that as you say with two men pretending to be not even women even they're they're non-binary. Yeah. One's they're, um, one one is claiming to be a woman, the other is non-binary. Yeah, or yeah, not that it matters the devil specifics. on national television, and so. Um, you know, worshiping the devil on national television, having uh, tarot cards is like next to, um, you know, like the uh, the children's the book. It's in the children's book, you know, hard book section, and you have, um, you know, an explicit attempt to desensitize uh, and sexualize children at a younger and younger age. 
and this is a this is a playbook. This isn't a this is this is not all by accident. And you know, and I think we just as Christians have to recognize that this is what it would have been like growing up in a pagan culture. And thankfully, we have thousands of years of witness as to how people did that. And there's we're still here as Christians, and they were still then then as you know people of the covenant, and then people of the new covenant in the church. And so, um, I mean, I don't look forward to it. I sort of wish that we had. Um, blue laws and things still, but there you go. This is the world that we have to inhabit. I think that if people do begin to return to the church, they should be very careful about which church they return to. Speaking of of this, you know, Satan becoming more and more um, prevalent in our culture and at least in uh, some ways worshipped, I was watching a video by uh, uh, Brendan Robertson. You know who this is? He's a, I think he's a mm-hmm. Methodist. Um, I don't think he's necessarily anything in particular, but yeah. okay. But I think he's he's, he's broadly representative of what kind of being liberal. Uh, I'm not sure if he's Methodist oh, or not. Well, that would make um, sense. I don't know what he is. Uh, I, at first, I thought he was Episcopalian because he sounded very Episcopalian. Um, but he was preaching this sermon on Genesis three, and he had it set up so that you know God, God was the one who was keeping his creatures from true illumination, right? And <laughs> so he's and he was with the devil explicitly lying to Adam and Eve. He was right. mis- misleading yeah. them. Because yeah. what happened when they ate the fruit, they their their minds their eyes were opened and they yeah, did see, that. right? Yeah, right? it was and a great it was the next so, step in their evolutionary sort right, of um, right, yeah, you know, exactly. development so, as people. So in this scenario so by the time he got finished, you know, spinning the little scenario out, you know, the serpent was the good one. And in fact, Jesus came and 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 also <laughs> wants you to do the same thing. He wants you to illuminate your mind, to stretch out your. Re- he, he, so when he says when when Jesus says repent, what's the Greek word behind that? It's metanoia, right? And that means change your mind, right? You so like you need to be, to be illumined, word, yeah. right? Right? Get right, your right, mind right, yeah, bro. Yeah. Come so it was fascinating. By the, the I was I was fascinated to see that by the, the the end of the sermon, Jesus and Satan were together against God the Father. <laughs> they're both they're both on on your side helping you open your mind but then that's that not new i mean but okay glennon doyle who's a very best-selling quote-unquote christian author she's not a christian though she's claims to be one um she also said the same thing you know that she had she had a scenario of eve you know being hemmed back and hemmed in by the patriarchy you know finally reaching out for freedom and she said and so and 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 at the coaxing of the devil, who's you know the good guy, and and her her retelling of it. So you, uh, and you also, if you're a woman, you should not not be afraid to take the fruit. You should you should take the fruit because your eyes will be opened. I mean, that, okay, that's not that's not little people in shiny suits running around and you know twerking and with fire behind them. But that, but I think it's much more dangerous than that because because it sounds you know it gets people who think they're listening to Christians or listening to Christian teachers, very undiscerning people who think that, but but who think that it can it can easily lead them into into a reassessment of the devil, <laughs> Satan. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's actually it's literally what Satan was doing in Genesis three is what these people are doing in their sermons and their in their books. It's just you know I keep referencing this. I mean, I, I, I it's hard. It's it's not hard to believe anymore, but it would have been hard to believe that that was considered a quote unquote Christian sermon. But now you know nothing is surprising. But you know I keep getting returning to the screw tape letters during all this when thinking about this all this stuff because I love the. I think that's one of C.S. Lewis's one of his best books, really, um, in terms of kind of his insight into what how sin would manifest itself in in the human person. One of the things I keep returning to is that when the devil or Screwtape is talking about 
our enemy, you know, God, he's saying that, you know, the, the enemy actually loves these people. He's like, but we know that what they're good for is just to be devoured and consumed, you know? And I look around at what is purported to be freedom around here. And you're looking at, particularly with the, with the, the transgender minor stuff, you're looking at people literally having their bodies um, destroyed. You know, you're looking at people, you know, the Gerizim demoniac all over again. You know, you're looking at cutting, you know, the man that was possessed by the devil or the demons, and he was harming himself. He was, you know, he was breaking his, his the chains of those who loved him to try to protect him from himself. And we see that wantonly and full on display, whether it's respect to quote unquote sexual freedom, which is, you know, um, which is uh, really just allowing people to abuse each other without um, supposedly without recourse. You know, you look at sort of the gender assignment, quote unquote freedom, which is, you know, uh, chopping off functional body parts in, in various ways. You know, you look down the line at what is purported to be freedom, the Bible would describe as actual slavery to sin. And, and we shouldn't be surprised that finally, if you can't be freed from that or you don't want to be freed, Romans 1, well, then we would, in fact, exchange the truth of God for a lie and start worshiping the creature. And in this case, the best creature of all would be the one that's having the biggest party, we think, which would be <laughs> the devil. And it's, um, you know, it's again, it's 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 something to diagnose it. And it's another to to experience it. And so, you know, the, the sad reality of it is that we all um, have, you know, family and friends and and people that have been caught up in in something like this and are, you know, maybe unrepentant even now and bearing the, you know, the due penalty of sin in their bodies. Um, and it's heartbreaking. I mean, it really has, it's been interesting this epiphany season I've been preaching through explicitly about the, the revelation of God and Christ to the world and the light and the darkness. And I've had this real sort of heavy sense about me for the past couple of, of weeks, uh, which has transmitted into purportedly some good sermons. I wasn't looking for that <laughs> feedback, but but it was because in part, I think the Lord, I mean, I'm hoping that the season will be lifted to a certain degree because it's been quite arduous to, to consider what life would be like without um, the hope of the gospel. And you look around and you see clearly what it looks like. It looks like self-mutilation, self-destruction, uh, self-worship, and ultimately despair. Because, you know, you can only you can only have ayahuasca-fueled sex orgies that many times, you know, before you before you, you start wondering, you know, what is this all about or, or what is life even worth or worth living, you know? And that's that's the, the tragedy and despair at the heart of all of this. The great lie is that self-creation is freedom. And that's right. The truth is that self-creation is slavery. The weight of creating yourself is unbearable. And the flip side of that lie is that to have a creator is slavery, when in fact, to have somebody graciously tell you who you are is sweet gospel freedom. Amen. Yeah, the the... We've talked about this so many times in this podcast, but it it, it's, it always goes back here, you know, to the to the, the the gospel of our day, which is you know look look within and find your authentic self and live and right. live according to that, and that will bring about happiness. And it's just and that there you're right that there's a weight to that because you are then you're the you you have to be your own save not only your own creator but your own savior because you have to you have to you have to find you have, you you're, you're the responsible for expressing what you've discovered about yourself in a way that will make you happy. And that means you also that everybody else has to, you know, bend and bow to your, to your self-expression. And then what do you do when you're not happy? What do you do when you, what do you do when you're, you've mutilated your body or you've, 
you've wasted yourself through sexual excess yeah. or, or excess of whatever kind. What do you what do you what do you do then? If you if you if you've actually lived out your authentic self, and you're still in despair, where do you where do you go? Find a new authentic self. Yeah, I mean, add, yes. add <laughs> things to your body. Become yeah. a cyborg. Whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is what Jesus said very clearly. I mean, the, 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 no, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you, but what comes out of your body, because it's from the heart that comes all the all the things that make you miserable are in your heart. Your sexual morality, That's right. That's theft, right. all the all the stuff that, that you are that licentiousness you, envy, and all of it. Yeah. Um, jealousy. So so you look within and what you're gonna find is not something you wanna not something you want to live out or express. That's it's, right. And this is this is this is why Jesus has come yeah, to us. You're to, exactly right heal and cure us from the inside out <laughs> amen i mean i use it all the time in my, some of my preaching i say you know can you imagine a world where envy went unchecked you know where you had no sense of like a gratitude at all you were just 100 percent envious can you imagine what that world would look like you know and of i course have such a child so in my house right now because they, yeah because they're like, <laughs> they're like well of course you can it looks like our world because it looks like a world that is washed particularly in the west you know here in america washed with unbelievable amounts of riches and you know we have the, the i mean some of the poorest among us have a quality of life that that would rival kings and queens um even even some cultures nations this day and yet we are um disquieted and enraged and increasingly gnashing our teeth at each other um because exactly to your point matt the the problem we have is, a, is one of the heart um and it's we need to be saved i don't know i've been preaching much more explicitly about this than i have been given to in the past because you know i know that people are 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 walking with you know adult unbelieving children or you know trying to raise their own children or dealing with you know unbelieving spouses in ways that are increasingly uh, more difficult you know because some of the things some of the the assumptions we could have expected um, people to to have about the boundaries of right and wrong and sort of the you know the limits of personal freedom and things like this within relationships were taken for granted and they're not so much anymore you know and then on top of that you have people experimenting and explicitly like I have people connected to me whose um, whose children are explicitly experimenting with this type of sort of new we would say new age Brahagan spirituality and you know very concerned about that and I said well you know I'm not unconcerned about it. But we we know to whom we can take these prayers, and that's what we're going to do. It's a dark time, but again, the the light will not over will not be overcome, and so I'm grateful for that. But I think my suggestion to all these people when I because I get a lot of people come, can you believe this or look mockingly at that or sort of contemptuously? It's like, well, you know, that's somebody's that person is someone who who is is somebody's child, you know, somebody's friend, somebody's husband, somebody's wife who's who is manifesting the reality of sin in a self-harming way. And we need to consider um, praying for them. You know, we need to, we need to have a pray that we keep our hearts tenderized towards, towards what that sort of exhibition means. Um, because it has always meant the same thing as this futile attempt to self-creation and find meaning outside of Christ. And um, that, that can only get more and more desperate as, as the longer you go, you know, the parties have to get longer the transgression has to get more acute. It has to be more because um, the the fear of 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 what else of, of nothing is 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 that great. And so, you know, that's kind of where I've been on it. And and I've been convincing. I've been telling people that you know 
one of the things that you can tell your family and friends on this is that the fear of the church is that we will perpetuate this sort of guilt and shame that you're running from. But the exact opposite is the truth is that we're actually, we actually have a lot of sinners in our midst and we have people that have done terrible things and have thought terrible things. And they are constantly being reminded by the devil rightly of what they did because you can't undo it. But at the same time, we are overcoming that by the preaching the gospel and saying that there's no sin too great or so distance too long that you can't be brought back from and restored through the blood of Jesus. And that's that's an important thing because I think it really is easy, and I'm speaking to myself too here, it really is easy to curse the darkness and that's it. You know, I, it would be that's so right. easy to stand up behind a pulpit and just say, all these people are going to hell and just, are, just let loose. And, and that's not what we need to do. Um, we have to be clear about what about by the lie that's being told to people. We have to use the, uh, apply the scriptures correctly to the problem and to people's hearts and our congregations. But then we also, man, we have we have something. Just preaching the gospel is such a powerful offensive weapon. I mean, we we think about you know wanting to be protected from the influences of the world, and we need that. Yeah, we need that. We need God to protect us, but. But the one thing that we can do to tear down the strongholds and not just cultural strongholds, but the, the bulwarks that people build up in their hearts against the truth is to, is to preach. Or put on their walls even. Yeah. Yeah. But just, <laughs> just to talk yeah, or put on their walls is to uh, over and over again, talk about the life, death, the resurrection of Jesus to save sinners. God uses that to, to break open hearts and bring people to faith. Even, even Satanists can be won over by that. And uh, we should pray that that would, that would happen more and more. Amen. Amen. Well, that's going to be all the time that we have for the show this week. Thank you for listening. As always, if you want to keep the conversation going with us, you can be in touch, rate and review the podcast on iTunes, send us an email at mailbag at standfirminfaith.com or join the Anglicans for the Gospel Facebook group. Thank you to J.D. Koch and Matt Kennedy. I'm Nick Lannon and Lord willing, we'll be back next week. Until then, by the grace of God and Jesus Christ, we'll be standing firm. Oh, 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 oh,